Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. When was the last time you went fishing? For some of you, it hasn't been that long, even though it may feel like it was a long time ago. For many of you, it has been a really long time, although I submit to you this morning that it hasn't been as long ago as you might think. But we'll come back to that in a few minutes. There are a lot of things to be aware of when going fishing. There's a lot of preparation that is necessary to go fishing. But this morning, of all those things, and there are a lot, I'm only going to focus on three things, or rather, three items that are important when going fishing. The first is the fishing line. The fishing line needs to be strong, not worn out or brittle, because you need to be able to trust that the line is going to hold whatever it is that you are going to catch on the hook. And that brings us to the second item, the hook. The hook must be solid. It must be sharp. And the hook must be the right size, able to catch or snare whatever it is that you are trying to catch with the bait that you are using. Which brings us to item number three, the bait. The bait that you use must be able to get the attention of whatever it is you are attempting to catch. And when that fish takes the bait, the hook and line are able to hold fast, and the next thing you know... Someone's taking your picture with the big one that did not get away. In our gospel reading this morning, from Luke chapter 5, hear these words again from beginning at verse 1. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats by the lake. But the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land and sat down and taught the people from the boat. I submit to you this morning that in this portion, those three verses of Scripture, our Lord Jesus is fishing. As true God and true man, Jesus perfectly trusts His Father in heaven. God the Father is always with Him. He is the one that the Son talks to. And that's one of the ways that Jesus discerns what His Father's will is. And in focusing on those three items that I mentioned earlier, God the Father is the fishing line. He is always available, trustworthy, strong and true. God the Father is never worn out or brittle. And He is more than able to handle anything or burden that comes to Him. Those people that day were so burdened and in need of God's Word that they were pressing in on Jesus. No social distancing there. They were pressing in on Him, 
wanting to hear what the Word of God had to say to them. So Jesus gets into Simon's boat and shares with the crowd God's Word. The words Jesus spoke, God's Word, accomplishes the purpose for which He sends it as it's written in Isaiah chapter 55, verse 10. It accomplishes that purpose for which He sends it. God's Word is the fisherman's hook. God's Word is solid. Solid because it has a solid foundation in our Lord Jesus, who is the cornerstone, as St. Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 20. God's Word is sharp. Sharper than any double-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And that's found in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Doesn't get any sharper than that. And then, then there is Jesus in a boat teaching the people. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of a carpenter, the son of God. He is the bait on the hook. Jesus' teaching of God's Word is what drew the crowd of people so close together that they were pressing in on Him. They came to hear Him teach the Word of God with authority as they had heard Him do in other places. Perhaps with that message of repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And little did they know that Jesus is the one who could ultimately take them where they need to go. He can take them to a place where there is no more pain, tears, hunger, or suffering. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Him. He has the word of eternal life. And when Jesus had finished speaking, He said to Simon, Put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered him, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. But at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. When Jesus had finished fishing, that is, teaching the crowd, he wanted to go fishing with Simon Peter. Simon had just finished fishing all night and hadn't caught a thing, except probably exhaustion or exasperation. And now, now Jesus wants to catch some fish. So Simon reluctantly agrees, and lo and behold, what happened? It was like Wide Mouth Bass Senior High School had let out for the summer, And all the fish were swarming all over everywhere. The nets were so full that they were breaking. And the two boats were so full that they were sinking. Wow, what a catch. But when Simon saw this amazing catch of fish, what did he do? What did he say? I'm the greatest fisherman in the world. 
Did he gloat and say, I told you we need to go out just one more time and we'd catch them? No, he didn't do that. He humbled himself, got down on his knees and said to Jesus, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Simon took Jesus' message, God's word, to heart after he caught just a glimpse of what is possible with Jesus. Simon took the bait, hook, line, and sinker, and now he's all in. In that moment, Simon understands his place in comparison to Jesus. But our Lord doesn't leave him there. He doesn't leave him there bound on his knees. He tells Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. Jesus invites Simon to capture bodies, souls, hearts, and minds, but not to imprison them or enslave them, but to set them free from the bondage of sin. And what is Simon's response? And that of the others. Luke tells us in verse 11, And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed Him. They left everything and everyone behind and followed Jesus. Wow. Everything and everyone in the rearview mirror. Would you? Are you willing to leave everything and everyone behind to follow Jesus? Would you leave your house, your spouse, your car, your truck, your boat? Would you leave your farm, your practice, your business, your responsibilities? Would you leave them all behind to follow Jesus? Some of you probably would. But I'm afraid many of us would not. Why? Well, for starters... Because we have a lot of able-bodied members of this congregation who won't even get off the couch or recliner Sunday morning and come to church. Once again, those are the able-bodied people who are going to work, going to school, doing other things six days a week, and Sunday morning don't come to church. Prior to COVID, we were worshiping between 180 and 200 people. The announcements this morning tell us last week was 117. You can't take and eat. You can't take and drink the Lord's Supper from home. You can't participate in that if you don't come to the table. You can't care for one another the way God intended without physically gathering together. Remember Hebrews 10, beginning at verse 24? And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So come. Come back to the Lord's house where you are welcomed with open arms, come taste and see that the Lord is good. Come and receive that forgiveness of sins that we receive in His body and blood. 
Come get acquainted or reacquainted with your fellow members of the body of Christ. That way we can build one another up. For Simon and some of the others, they followed Jesus all the way to the Garden of Gethsemane. And then, then Jesus finished the work that was given Him to do by His Father as He went to the cross. On that cross, Jesus was on the hook for your sins, for my sins, and the sins of the whole world. He paid the price for them all. Because you see, that's what the bait does. The bait has to pay the ultimate price with its life. That's what Jesus did for you and for me. That's what He did to get us off the hook for our sin. And so what does Jesus say to you now? Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching people. Now that you are forgiven and free from the bondage of sin, He wants you to go fishing with Him. He wants you to go to your Heavenly Father, your strong lifeline in prayer. That line which is God the Father who is never weak or brittle but strong enough to endure anything or any burden that you bring to Him. He wants you to seek from Him His will for your life. To receive wisdom from Him and guidance to go fishing with Him and for Him. He wants you to inspect the hook that is God's Word. He wants you to see how strong that foundation is. Feel how sharp the Word of God is. Because even though it was written down by men, it was breathed out by God in His Spirit that led those men to write that. As found in 2 Timothy chapter 3. In God's Word is life and salvation for all who believe it. Jesus wants you to use the bait He's provided, that is Himself. He wants you to utilize the wonders, works, and words of His life as He said and did before His ascension. He wants you to follow Him to places where He can make a life-changing impact in someone you know who is lost and or burdened. So are you ready? Are you nervous and scared? That's why Jesus says... Before the call, do not be afraid. At the beginning of this sermon, I mentioned that it hadn't been as long as many of you thought since you had gone fishing. Most, if not all of you, have gone fishing similar to this before. In fact, you may have been fishing as recent as last night or maybe even this morning. You were just using something else as the line hook, and bait. Chances are the line was the internet or some other supposed powerful source. The hook was a video, movie, website, book, or whatever it is that you were interested in that you were telling others about. And the bait? Well, the bait is your reason your interest was piqued in the first place to watch, read, or do that thing that occupies so much of your time. And yes, I'm guilty of that too. So you see, you already enjoy fishing. You're just using 
a different kind of line, hook, and bait. Do not be afraid. Use that strong, open line of prayer to your Heavenly Father. He will strengthen you and give you wisdom if you ask for it, as He promises in the book of James. Utilize the hook, which is God's Word. Remind yourself of the true events of Jesus' life. And tell people about the bait that is Jesus, who died on the cross and rose again for your sins and for mine. And for the people whom you share it with. Because He doesn't want anyone to suffer eternally on the hot grill of hell. But to live forever in our Lord's presence where there will be no more sickness, no more death, and no more tears. Let's go fishing for people with Jesus. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, guard our hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.